0: Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with world-renowned psychic medium, best-selling author and lecturer, and my friend, John Edward. We'll be talking to him from his home in Long Island, New York, where he lives with his wife, Sandra, their two kids, Justin and Olivia, and their three dogs, Coco, Sydney, and Lucky. We're going to talk about how he's doing, coping during these unprecedented times, the importance of using our gut and our intuition, how to handle grief and losing a loved one during this pandemic, and how to be more mindful and present in our lives. Okay, let's talk with John Edward. John, how's it going?
1: It's good, Marilyn. It's, it's good. It's like you said, it's an unprecedented kind of crazy time. And I think we're all being forced to adapt and look at life in a little bit of a different way.
0: Well, I'll tell you, New York's being hit very, very hard. You, uh, you are in in the middle of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got so many questions about that. When did you start uh, isolating? When did you say, okay, this is a big deal?
1: Um, I started isolating probably about four or five weeks ago. Um, I have to yeah. be honest with you; the calendar's blurring a little bit, but it's 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 been a while. Um, and because I'm so public. And because I'm like out there and I do a lot of events where I'm interacting with people and at the end of my events, I would take photos with folks. Uh, I was kind of up close yeah. and personal with a lot of people while this was was, was happening. Um, so I took the self-isolation and self-quarantining away from my family pretty seriously as well, like just in case.
2: So
0: do you think that's going to change when things kind of inch back to being normal? That when you do these big events... Uh, uh, hopefully, they will happen again. Uh, how you interact with people? Do you think that's going to change for you?
1: It, it absolutely is changing. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be doing a um, as a result of this. I will not be doing a like VIP meet and greet at the end of my events like I normally do. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mm-hmm. extend my after event uh, to do more questions and answers. And you know, if reading happens, then then I'll do that too. But nope, there will be no getting up and close, taking a photo. You know, squeezing the medium, mm-hmm. not happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's going to change for a lot of us, and no matter what we do, when it comes to the public, and uh, because it, you know, it's 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 scary for all of us, and we don't want to put anybody else. Think about how many people you talk to, and you go in front of other people, and how we can expose other people as well. That's that's what keeps going 100%. through my head. All right, you've got a 17 year old and a 13 year old.
1: I do. Please
0: tell me how you are coping. <laughs>
2: you know what I
1: I. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Loving the time spent. Um, I'm loving hanging out with them. I love my kids and I love every age. You know, my son said to me a few years back, he goes, you reflect back on me when I'm a little boy and you have such a, like a kind of vibe when you do it. He goes, do you, do you miss me being that age? And I said, you know, I loved you being that age, but I love every year as you're getting older how our conversations can change and the depth of what we can talk about can change and his perspective on things, how his perspective at 17 has helped to shift how I look at things now. So like I'm learning from them. It's kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm loving the time spent with them. And quite honestly, I don't really see them being affected by this. Like it, I think the younger generation, no, I don't. I think the younger generation is more adaptable Um, and they're more adept at this. Because a lot of the kids those ages, they are playing their video games on a computer screen anyway with their headset and mic virtually with people all over the country or world. So for them, it's not like they can't go out and play. they are playing. So I think it's the older people yeah, that are actually right. having a more hard time sitting in place.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you what I think like I think about your your seventeen year old and and your thirteen year old. But specifically those kids that are about to graduate from high school and how great that senior year was for me. Like we we project on what we experienced or, you know, deciding what college or university, if that's where you went, decide to go. And that first year on campus, that that's what that's what I'm disappointed for for them. So. So I I miss the fact that I, I, and I think that's what we parents do. We, we go through time and go, Oh, that senior year was good. Or you, you know, when you got the acceptance to a university, if that's what you decided to do those benchmarks that we nostalgically look back on
1: and, you know, Yeah. So he's, he's doing that. Like he's graduating this year. So this is his senior year. And, you know, I, I had that conversation with him. I said, so let's chat. Like, are you completely bummed out that there's no senior prom? Are you completely bummed out that there's not going to be the formal graduation? And he's like, not really. I was like, okay. But now if you talk to my wife, she's like, you know, she's devastated because she's doing exactly what like you just said. She's like, Oh, it's that moment. And you know, he's not going to, his violin solo and he's this and he's that. And so I'm more concerned like are if he's affected by it rather than if we're affected by it. So he's good. I'm, I'm good.
0: Very good. Let's talk about what you do, my friend. What is a psychic medium for those that do not know?
1: So a psychic medium, um, a psychic is somebody who has the ability to connect with the energy of their client and talk about what's happening in their life. Now, look for the lessons that they're kind of going through and projections towards their future. A medium uses psychic ability, but they use it to connect with people who have crossed over. So think like doctor and surgeon. Not every doctor is a surgeon, but every surgeon has to be a doctor first. So every medium is a psychic first. Um, and you kind of get both when I do a reading. Like I talk about what's happening now in your life, what might be coming up for you, as well as bring through messages of people who have crossed. But I'm really looking for the lesson. Like, what is my client supposed to be learning? How can I help them? How can I leave them better than I found them?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you think the whole world is going through uh, a major change and uh, do you ever read the whole world as as, a, as as it's talking to you or are you just an individual kind of guy?
1: No, I, I, I get the, the feeling of stuff like, you know, the bigger trends and the bigger things. Um, full disclosure, I did not get any of this, like zip, not, like nothing. The only thing that I saw um, was in my personal schedule, like professionally when things were being planned it was just like really bad. Like it was things, the schedule was like not falling into place. And I've noticed in 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 my work that when that happens, it's because there were things getting in the way of it. But I didn't go, oh, global pandemic. I went, what's going to be happening around me that my schedule is not falling into place? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to get sick? Like, am I going to have like some weird surgery out of nowhere? So my schedule needed to be cleared because I actually had a cleared schedule for like weeks, which never happens. Um, so part of my self-isolation and quarantine was easy because I had nowhere to be and nothing to do. I wasn't booked. So it was like, oh, now I see why I was cleared.
0: The, after the fact, yeah. I, I hear you because I there were some things that were happening to me and I'm thinking, why is it always like a struggle and it doesn't settle or, or it doesn't get completed in the timeline that it usually gets done? What is, what is the energy that's going uh, against that? And you and I've talked many, many times about, uh, you know, stumbling blocks, but sometimes you don't see them until after, but you feel that the energy has changed. It's a very interesting, and I could never put my finger on it. So that's interesting, John.
1: Yeah, that's, and I think a lot of people, when I've talked to them are, are looking back on what they were thinking and feeling and they're looking at, wow, you know, I was kind of like bummed out after the holidays and I couldn't figure out Why? Um, I will tell you what I find really fascinating just from a, a psychic standpoint for the last two and a half to three years, I was like ardently making sure that people knew at every event that I did around the world that nobody passes alone. And like, I just kept driving that point home. Nobody passes alone. Nobody passes alone. And I would basically say, because of the work that I do, I've seen so many people come through, say, I was there for mom as she came over. I was there for dad as he came over. Um, and then my background is in healthcare, both on the administrative side, but also clinical. I was a phlebotomist, so mm-hmm. that puts me in hospitals, uh, hospital patients' rooms. And I would feel patients when they were leaving and their loved ones and friends coming for them. So I feel like for two years, two and a half years, like I was out there like pounding the pavement all around the world, letting people know nobody dies alone. And now I know why, because that message needed to get out there for people, because so many people are not able to be with their loved ones and friends Mm. while this pandemic is happening. Um, They're in isolation, they're in ICU and they can't be there for that person. And it's adding to um, the the heaviness that people are carrying when it comes to loss. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that message was one that was important to, to get out there. And I didn't realize the significance until this happened.
0: Well, let's talk about that because when that whole, when, when we first really heard about it, Seattle was affected, but Italy you know, you know, I was thinking about my friends in Italy, uh, you know, the Nona and the aunts and the uncles, they do things together and they, you know, and that's just the nature of their wonderful culture. And they were saying, no, no, people couldn't come into the hospital to be with patients. Now we know that's the protocol. Um, How do you deal with that grief? How do you handle that to move forward? Please tell me about that.
1: Well, I, I am not a grief counselor, but I just did a show with a New York City grief therapist named is Millette Israeli, and she talks about complicated grief and anticipatory grief and how this is adding those layers into what's taking place. And in certain places, like here in Manhattan, I'm actually concerned about some of the folks that um, have lived through 9-11 and lost people mm-hmm. in 9-11, now this right. is adding another layer and it's like triggering a PTSD kind of vibe for people who have experienced such a big loss in a in a in a way that's on the news constantly. So here it is again on the news constantly talking about death and grief and loss. Um, so I get concerned that those folks are going to feel like, you know, they've been forgotten now that you know 9/11 is now 20 years ago. And this is the new mm. thing. And nobody's going to remember their loved ones and friends who gave up their lives for that or, or passed tragically in, in the trade center or on planes. So it's adding a level of societal grief, I think, where um, it's complicated and it's layered and it's, it's giving, it's giving people um, feelings that I think it's important for them to stop and say, what am I feeling? Like, how am I feeling what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Is this triggering something for me in a way that, you know, I I didn't think it would, but but it is.
0: I know that you feel the same way I do about those White House briefings. Mm. They're very unsettling. It's mm. um, to the point where some people were saying that are in the media, don't run them, even though information is needed, because it's causing a lot of anxiety. You even tweeted about it.
1: I did. You know, and for anybody that knows me, knows me, I'm not a political person. I've never been a political nor person. I, nor
0: am I. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've just not, I've, I've not been that person. I've never really cared. Um I, I know it's horrible to say that and save save the letters. I get like I get attacked all the time where people are like, you have to care. It's your this, it's your that. I just never did. Um and I have to say that when I've made comments over the last four years, I'm making them from a humanitarian standpoint and from an energetic standpoint, from a metaphysical standpoint. But everything right now in the world is so divisive. And people that are in positions of power, not just in the United States, but around the world, are helping to create and and push out a divisive message, not one of unity, which is what we need now during something like this. Um, But I feel like it's important to get information from epidemiologists and public health officials. And I Mm -hmm. say this often my background is in healthcare. I'm a few credits short of my master's degree in public health and healthcare administration. So I kind of come from like, I have that. Um, background in my mind, the way I look at stuff. So I wanted to hear what the Dr. Fauci's and the other people that were, you know, talking about this the Surgeon General. And I, rem- I re- put put on the, the the press briefing. I was standing in the kitchen, um, and I was kind of like affected by it. And I couldn't. That's what I mean when I say I had to like sit back and go like, what is this feeling? And I'll tell you, being the son of uh, of an alcoholic and having a mom that was in a codependent relationship with said alcoholic, it Mm. gave me a flashback. I was like 10 again. And in my queen's apartment with my dad, the president arguing with my mom, the media, and that, that the level of communication wasn't one that was informative and it wasn't raising awareness. It was who's, who's right. I'm right. You're wrong. You're not treating me correctly. It's, it's your fault not my fault it's you doing this not me doing this and I was like whoa I am like literally having like a childhood flashback here and I had to like shut it off and I and I tweeted it out I did actually tweet it out and it was interesting interesting to see the reaction where you know people were agreeing some people were the polar opposite of that and were like you know calling me calling me out names and and uh, you know, Coming from a, a, a very lower level of humanity, let's call it that. But right. yeah, it's been. I, a- I know what you're
0: talking about. Yeah, but that's something that you know you bring you bring up so many things I want to talk to you about. But this whole situation, PTSD, right? This whole situation, memories from your childhood, that feeling that you haven't felt for a long time, that I'm stuck, that I'm like, so. Let Let me ask you about um, how to work through those hopelessness moments or that not such a good feeling in your gut is it is it meditation is that what that leads to is it thinking about what it is and uh let's say you don't have a therapist on hand about really i don't think we stop down very much and think about things like this so what is your advice for that feeling that we get that doesn't feel very good
1: so because of what's taking place now i've been using the word Mm -hmm. age and the word age is appreciate gratitude and ego. I feel like we have to appreciate what we have and who's in our lives right now, right? Like take a moment, take stock. Um, The G for the gratitude is appreciate what you have, like the things that you have access to. And even if you're in a four room studio apartment, you got four corners to work with, you've got stuff, figure out what you have, what you need, get rid of what you don't need. Um, One of the things that I, I try to get people to do when dealing with grief Um, I just did a reading yesterday for somebody and they have two storage lockers of their mom and dad stuff and they can't go through it. And I said, well, tell me how that makes you feel knowing that you have it. You're not in the storage locker. You're not going to the storage locker. You just know that you have it. And that makes you feel better because you're not getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. said, yeah. So why don't you as an exercise, take your iPhone, take your iPad, go to the storage locker and go through the stuff. Even if it's once a week. I go, take the stuff out and take photos of everything, take video of everything, keep it, keep the symbolic meaning of it, keep it in a Dropbox file. So you always have it, right? Back it up to your iCloud, whatever you want to do. So you're never going to lose it, but then get rid of the physical stuff and keep the memory of it. Keep what the sentimental value is. What does it represent? Mm-hmm. Cause that's really what we're holding on to. It's really not mm-hmm. the Bobby pin. It's the Bobby pin belonged to mom, Right. So you're mm-hmm. you're connecting with what the thing is on a symbolic, energetical level. So that's what I try to get people to do. Appreciate gratitude and ego is the last one. We have to keep our human ego in check that we recognize it's not just happening to me, it's happening oh, to everybody.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. It's like right.
1: not, oh my God, look what's happening to me. I'm 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 I've lost my job or I'm not making an income. I'm everybody's in that position on on some level. And How can we help? How can we put our ego into service? How can we help people as opposed to um, wallowing? Which, by the way, I think it's important to wallow as well. You have to kind of honor what you're feeling, not Mm -hmm. what you're fearing. So if you honor Mm -hmm. what you feel, not what you fear, it's going to help you navigate what any situation is.
0: And I think you have to have purpose. You know, I, I really do. I think you have to wake up in the morning and do something for yourself and for others if you do that. There's some kind of structure to that. And it kind of normalizes this very unusual thing that's happening to us right now. And a lot of people right now have time to think. Uh, they're mm-hmm. watching a lot of TV, which is good for me. I can tell you that. But they have a lot of time to think. And um, I hope, hopefully, because I know I've done a little bit of this, too. And I think it's because I'm surrounded by, by friends like yourself. Um, what What's the, re- like, I think people should take the time to do a reset button. Uh, Is there a way that you, it's a gift to be able to do that. So if you're thinking about that, how, John, would we approach that in your eyes?
1: Okay, so I use pop culture as a way of looking at symbolism. And I feel like my entire career from the age of 15 has been the universe showing me stuff with what I watch. So think about what's been so popular over the last decade on television and movies, we have dystopian societal messages that are in our zeitgeist, right? We have the Hunger Games, we have the Walking Dead, we have the other zombie apocalypse shows and movies. Um, we have Handmaid's Tale. We have all these things um, that are like you know kind of dystopian. And then we have the blockbuster films, and I'm, I'll pick one, like the Avengers and the End Game, right? Mm-hmm. The last mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. of that movie was the big bad villain snapping his fingers and and shifting the world. So the joke for myself and another colleague um, has been, has Thanos been wrong? Like, do we need a reset? Not that, you know, half the population disappear, but globally, do we need that reset? And I think the answer is yes. And I think the simplicity of it is that we can, with a single thought, hit that reset button by choosing to put humanity first people first not profits not money you know when people pass we don't go they had a great 401k we talk about their their heart we talk about their accomplishments we talk about their meaning and what they mean for us um, and I think that part of what's happening now or people's measurement of success um, is if the stock market's doing well well the stock yeah. market could do great it doesn't mean that people right now are doing well that are furloughed mm-hmm. or unemployed or you know, 20 million people, whatever the number is now, are are unemployed. Yeah, and it right. doesn't matter that the stock market went up. So it's important for us to put the the snapping of our finger has to be how we look at humanity and unity and community and things of that nature.
0: It's like I had a therapist say to me the other day, Joe Rich, saying to me on the show, the you know, homeschooling it's really tough. And he said, I'll tell you that it's the children that will, will remember the experience they had with you. More than what they studied. It's the same kind of idea, the experience. Um, yep. So, you're, uh, you know, we follow you. And if you have it, we have to do that uh, right now. I'll talk about that 100 day Evolve Challenge. Let's talk about that right now.
1: Okay. So, Evolve for me is when I left, I did two television shows. When I left television, I wanted to teach more, and I didn't think I was going to get the yeah. opportunity to teach on conventional television. So I I left television and I created an online community called Evolve. And on Evolve, we challenge people with the guests that we come on to talk about what their evolutions. And one of our contributors is one of your contributors, Julie Donalock, who I absolutely love. And she gets people to be challenged when it comes to food and nutrition. Um, So whether it's meditation, grief, astrology, we have a lot of people that that have come on over the last, I don't know, 14 seasons that we've been doing this. So I like to give back and I wanted to give back. What we do is a hundred day evolution. We, we did a couple of years ago over the summertime on Facebook, but now I'm doing it on Facebook. I'm doing an Instagram where everyday people come for, you know, whether it's five minutes or 12 minutes, and we take a moment to think about being mindful. We take a moment to think about spirituality and, and more importantly, energy. And mm-hmm. um, how can we everyday challenge ourselves to evolve, to be a better person? So that's what the 100-Day Challenge is about.
0: So let's talk about step one. How do we become more mindful? The mindfulness thing has been around for a while. We know that people really uh, benefit from it. Kids uh, all over the world do in in, in schools where it's taught. Tell people what that means if you don't know what mindfulness is out there.
1: So one of my my, um, favorite moments was I had the opportunity to go see Wayne Dyer. Um do
0: a Oh, speech. Wayne.
1: I like. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne you know, has a, a lot of books, but um, he was in Atlanta on a CNN show like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was getting ready to go do an event and I had the television on. And the journalist hit him with that, you know, journalistic hard questioning like, you know, Mr. Dyer, Dr. Dyer, do you truly believe that you could change your life in a moment and positive thinking and blah, 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 blah? And I remember I was putting my socks on and I paused because I wanted to see like, what was his big answer going to be? And he just went, yes. And it was the one word, yes, that spoke volumes. So I think the, 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 the choice of doing it is the first part. You have to actually choose it, which means that you have to be accountable. Now, it seems easy, but to me, it's like dieting, right? It's like somebody mm-hmm. saying to you, lay off the bread and the carbs, you know, be more mindful about your sugar and carb intake. Okay. Um, it's, it sounds easy, but in, in practice, it's like, wow, but bread tastes really good. So being lazy in our lives is easier than being accountable for what we're thinking, feeling, and saying. So being mindful has to be taking into account your perspective, how you got to that perspective. And right now, more than anything else, listening to opposing views than what you share so you can have more understanding about where somebody's coming from. Not that you've got to agree with them, but at least validate that where they're getting their information from maybe is different from where you're getting your information from. And instead of attacking them, be more understanding. That's part of your mindful journey: understanding the community that we live in, and that people have opposing views. And by the way, one day they might realize that they could, they're, they're wrong, and they're going to need a cushion to, to fall on, and you might be that that hug for them when they realize. Oh yeah, I, I was wrong about that. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, instead yeah. of, mm, you know, you did blah, blah, blah. So being mindful. Right. Meditation and breathing. Meditation and breathing. Really, really important. Um, physical movement. Do you do
0: that a lot? Do you do, do that every day? Do you, do you meditate every day. every day? And how every do you day. meditate? Once or twice a day?
1: Um, usually once. Um, usually once it? where morning? it's a...
0: Yeah.
1: Depends upon depends on what I'm reading. If I'm going to be reading like in the afternoon, it's going to happen right before I read in the afternoon. If I'm going to be reading in the morning, it's going to happen right before I read in the morning. If it's going to happen before my events at night or my readings at night, it's going to happen then. But then um, I try to power down and do a meditation where I'm releasing the energy that I might have actually encountered during the day.
0: Boy, that's a tough one for me. Because, you know, but we've kind of been forced into doing that a little bit. And I went off and a distance with myself the other day. I'm thinking, I think I'm meditating. I think I'm picking one type of topic and really concentrating on my breathing. I think I, and I looked at my down at my, my phone. I said, you just spent 20 minutes breathing, thinking about your breathing and looking outside, looking outside, you know, yep.
1: appreciating what was out
0: there. Is that, is that a form of it?
1: A hundred percent nature. Um, appreciating nature. Um, you know behind me, I've got a, a a fire that's going and sometimes I'll just sit and stare at it Just to give myself a focal point um, Many years ago, Shirley MacLaine came out with a, a, a video um, I'm really dating myself, but Shirley MacLaine came out with a video. Okay. That was really, really 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 helpful. It was called the inner workout and the reason why I like it and I recommend it still to this day You can probably find it on YouTube for people who feel like they can't meditate she gives you an open-eyed meditation and she talks you through very simple, like meditating on a, on a candle flame and your, and your breath. Mm -hmm. But anybody who studies singing, you know, that does diaphragmatic breathing, Mm -hmm. anybody who does yoga, who does pranic breathing, any type of focusing on your breath. And it's really simple. Like anybody watching this right now or listening, um, if you just breathe in through your nose for a count of four, hold it for a count of one or two, and then slowly exhale through your mouth for four, And then you can do stuff like you imagine breathing in plus signs, holding it, and then breathing out minus signs, you know, plus signs, positivity, minus signs, symbolically negative. And you can get really creative with this. You know, I'll I'll give people an exercise to do in the shower where I'll say you get in the shower, um, whether it's in the morning or night or both, and you know, you lotion up, suds up. And then when you watch that come off your body, it's like you're releasing the negatives and you watch it go down the drain. So it's giving yourself permission to let go of, let going of stuff, let, letting go of stuff that maybe doesn't serve you any longer.
0: Does anything in your world, I mean, I know you're a normal human being. Does anything concern you right now um, about what people are saying about this COVID-19, this pandemic, that this is kind of the people were calling this uh, a long time ago, that 2020 was going to be a bad year. Did you, did you feel that that was in the cards? I mean, I know you didn't call it a pandemic, but no. No,
1: no. I, I, I will tell you that astrologers have talked about the difficulty with what's happening in the patterns of the, you know, the sky above us, the celestial sky. They'll talk about the difficulty of what the planets mean. So, you know, those are teaching elements that astrologers will use and then I'll, I'll have on Evolve and we'll talk about it. Um, and I think they're very, very helpful in giving insights and explanations as to uh, what's taking place, not just specifically for us as an individual, but for us globally, um, mm-hmm. that, that's important. Sylvia Brown, who was a pretty prominent psychic who's now passed, yes. wrote a book called yeah. "End of Days, End of Times," where she clearly mm-hmm. said, "2020, there's going to be a pneumonia-like, you know, disease that's going to affect the respiratory system," and you know, she she kind of called that. So, I mean, there are people who have actually gotten insights to this, but I do mm-hmm. see it as. Not apocalyptic end of the world, but I do see it as being a transformative, apocalyptic way for us on a spiritual level. And I think we're being called to action, which is to come from a place of community and humanity.
0: Okay, John Edward, I'd like you to meet Nancy. She's joining us now from Stratford, Ontario, to get a reading from you. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Hi, Marilyn. I'm gonna. Hi, I'm gonna have you you connect with John Edward. Uh, the question is, who are you trying to connect with? Go ahead.
2: Sure, I'm trying to connect with my father. He
1: okay. Hold on. Hold car. on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. 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 Oh. Hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, it's important for me to be able to give you the information, so I might not be able to connect Nancy with your dad. But whatever I see, hear, or feel, I'm just going to kind of share with you. And sometimes I, I get other information to help me trust what's coming in. So if you can, okay. just yes or no. Um, Nancy, besides your dad, is there a female that's passed that I would see as being like mom or aunt? Is there an older female for you as well that's passed? Yes. Okay. And then where's the person who had either breast or lung cancer? Uh,
2: Where?
1: Like, how's that connected to you? Like, what's the relationship? Uh,
2: it would be a stepmother.
1: Okay. She's passed? No. So she, okay, so your stepmom's living, but she's dealing with breast or lung cancer? Yes. Okay. So do you know if she was originally misdiagnosed or, like, they were treating her for something else, and then on top of that, this got revealed?
2: Uh... No.
1: So that's what they're showing me. They're making me feel like there's a pre-existing issue. Like there's something that, um, something that comes up and then they, they start, they start to find out that she's got cancer. Like it, it feels like, so I, I don't feel like she was of perfect health and then she had cancer. It's kind of like, they're just showing me there's like one thing and then did something else that comes up. Um, Nancy, where's the J or G sounding name, either living or past. Uh,
2: that would be my father.
1: Okay. And that's the person you wanted to connect with? Correct. Okay. And he was connected to this woman when he passed? Yes. It's interesting because that's my focus. I know you're asking me about him, but my focus is on her. Like I actually feel concerned about what's taking place with her, her care, um, her treatment, or anything that's happening around her health. If she's now got a clean bill of health, it's important to stay on top of making sure her... Her testing gets checked, and then Nancy, where's the C or K? Like Carol, Karen. Um, there's a, a C or K name that your dad wants me to bring up. Um, it's usually like who they're connected to, or somebody that they want to say hi to, that they're they're connected to in their life. And you're one of three kids, or he had three? Yes, he did. Okay, um, I, I don't. And then, I don't
2: know the C or the K.
1: That's okay. Just remember that I'm saying it. There is a C or K, and like I said, when they give me names or initials, it's their way of telling me who they are, who they're with, or please say hello to. And the feeling is it's like, you know, Karen, Catherine, Kathleen, Chris, there's a K name like that that they want me to bring up. And is your biological mom also passed? No. So I have another mom that's coming in. I have another person that's a parent, a parent that's coming in that's like a mom. Uh,
2: that's possible. Yes.
1: Like... Stepmother, mother in law, there's another mom that's kind of coming in. She had something cardiovascular. She passed though. And she passed from something cardiovascular. And then they're telling me to talk about do you come from a Catholic background, Nancy? I do not. Okay. I Nancy, they're showing me catholic they me Catholic churches and Catholic symbolism. So what's the connection to like like a church but very Catholic?
2: Uh okay. I my my mother in law was very Catholic and she's a J.
1: Has she passed? Yes. Okay, because um, they're showing me all Catholic symbolism, and then I have somebody, and I don't think this is connected to your dad, but they passed in an event. So something happened to them that causes their passing. Don't think illness. Don't think sick. So, like, if somebody passed by suicide, if somebody passed in an accident, there's an event. Um, yes. And I feel like I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to acknowledge that person um like they're coming in as well and then there's an m name nancy that they want me to highlight either living or past connected to as well and they're telling me to talk about somebody that um i feel like you're did you and your dad share a birth month or did you and your dad have a similarity when it comes to dates
2: um not not dates no
1: he's telling me that there's a similarity between you guys when it comes to the calendar. So for me, that would be like someone's anniversary falls around somebody else's anniversary. Somebody's birth date falls around somebody else's birthday. There's similarities in dates. um, And that's definitely coming from the father figure. And then when, was he not of clear mind before he passed? He was. Mm, Not from what I'm seeing. Somebody was not of clear mind. So,
2: that would be my father-in-law and he was a j as well
1: okay did he deal with like alzheimer's or dementia was he like yes. like in a coma or something okay cuz they show me my symbols dementia. of like i've got my i've got my memories back like it, it it's all come back to me like that type of thing and then in the place that you're at right now behind those plants in your kitchen area on the counter do you have an old like index card with someone's writing on it? Or did you write down a note about something with your dad?
2: Uh, Yes.
1: Okay. Just letting me know, like I'm with you, like I'm with you there. Um, And then why is March important? You were starting to talk about March.
2: Uh, He passed in March. Like this year? Yes.
1: Okay. So I feel like the other people coming in, it's very normal during a reading for other people to step forward and show themselves. And what they do is they show you how they're part of a circle of energy connected to your family and that your dad's welcome into that. Um, and I feel like it's important if you did not get the opportunity to talk or see your dad before he passed, it's his way of like acknowledging, like it's okay. He's with family that's gone on before. And then he's telling me to talk about the dog that's with him. There's a dog that's there, Nancy. So I feel like, I don't know if this is a family dog from growing up, but he's telling me to talk about the big dog that's there. So he's got a dog that's with him. And then he's also making me feel like, don't forget the Karen or the Catherine or the Carol. There's something like that, that he's trying to to, to bring up. Um, but I feel like they're okay. And your mother-in-law and father-in-law want to make sure that you know that he's okay. So that's why they're kind of stepping forward, um, and doing that. And then do you have a sister, Nancy? I do. He's telling me to bring up your sister. So I feel like it's important to acknowledge her. Um, and then what's the reference that your dad, um, he wasn't intubated. Was he like your dad wasn't on a respirator? Was he? No, he wasn't. So if he wanted to talk about someone actually being on life support or a person that had to be like in an icu or or intubated where would that be uh
2: it could be my friend that passed
1: okay um it's funny because the the symbolism would apply to what's taking place in the world now where people can't be there i literally see like somebody's isolated so it wouldn't be with the person like nobody could get in there with them so that either means that their immunity was compromised that they had a staff infection they had something that would have uh something else would stop people like they would have to gown up a mask to go in to see them as well, well um well so we, th-
2: weren't, we weren't able we weren't able to go in and see my dad some like a lot of people because he was in hospice and okay. uh, when he when he passed and yeah so so, there, so is, people it weren't of, allowed.
1: is it because of what's happening now like you guys couldn't get in there and see him Correct. Okay. That would make sense because he showed me my hospital symbolism of being in isolation and he showed me symbolism of having to get gown up and mask. So I want you to know that if your dad was by himself, and I, I, I tried to stress this earlier and I've been saying it for two years, Nancy, nobody passes by themselves. Nobody passes alone. And as difficult as it might be when we can't be there for someone, I want you to know other people come for us. So and I think that's why it's important that your friend, your mother-in-law, your step, your, your father-in-law are kind of coming in to show you like we're family. We got him like, it's okay. Um, and then is, is John or Joe, Joe, where's the J O name?
2: Joe, it's my father-in-law.
1: Yeah. So he's stepping forward like as a dad to let, let you know that. And then Francis or Frank or the F name, where's that?
2: Um, I, i'm not sure
1: i think it's on the mom side of the family so for me mom would be your mom your stepmom, your mother-in-law but it's on the mom side of the family and it's an fr name so it's got to be like frank fritz fred frida it's got to be a fr name there's a fr that they want me to highlight just remember that i'm saying this okay, okay. i hope it helps yeah
2: thank you it, it does thank you
1: thank you welcome.
2: nancy thank you
0: nancy thanks. thank you john
2: thanks
1: marilyn no worries
0: be well. Thank you for watching the show. Uh, John, what an interesting reading. It, it's interesting that people have uh, a whole bunch of questions for you. And the deal is with reading, you want to ask them questions and they, they really have to think about going back. They only have the so many facts. Am I right? We have this kind of agenda.
1: Yeah. So I always say that people come with expectations and the other side shows up with intentions. So, I always trust the intention of what's coming through. So a lot of times when I first started reading, I'm going to say like, if not 50 to 60% of the time, I don't get the person immediately that they want to hear from. So I have to take them on the journey of what's coming through. And it always paints a picture of what they need to hear. So in this case, because Mm -hmm. of Nancy, maybe not being able to be there with her dad, right? Fitting into what's Mm -hmm. taking place. He just passed in a nursing home or a hospice. Um, Mm -hmm. They couldn't be there because of self-isolation and quarantine. What happened? Her friend, her mother-in-law, her father-in-law, they come through to show as family, we're still a community. And they were there to kind of help him over and be a part of that. So it supports the validation process. So yeah, validation is important. So when I get information, I'll sometimes when I'm doing TV or radio, I'll put it in the form of a question to expedite it. Usually when I'm reading, I make it as a statement and then I'll say, do you understand that? Um, But to kind of facilitate the story process for you guys, I like to make sure that people understand why I'm saying what I'm saying, and have them validated.
0: Let me tell you, in case you missed this episode, everyone that's listening to this podcast or watches this TV show, John came over to the house one day, not knowing the five guest experts that were going to be visiting the house. John waited in my basement until they arrived. We got them all settled in the kitchen, including the makeup artist and the cameraman. Um, so Debbie Travis got a reading, um, Rodney Bowers got a reading, I believe, um, gosh, I can't remember was another designer involved. Tommy Smites did not get a reading because that wasn't, because you, sh- you looked over my counter, my Island, and you said, somebody is in this room talking about painting room. That's all I can remember from that. And my makeup artist, Amy just came to light. And we spent or you spent with Amy a good 15 minutes with her talking about her father's passing and actually moved to tears. She was, um, but also felt so much better because uh, there's some things that got settled in her world. I mean, she misses her father terribly, but this kind of going through grief is very helpful. And she didn't ask any questions. You're the one that asked questions.
1: Yeah, so I think the information that comes through provides us with information, insights, and validations of what they feel we need to know based upon where we're at Mm -hmm. and to help us navigate what's kind of happening in our lives. But you know what I'm really clear about? This work is extremely helpful, but it is not a cure for grief. And what I tell people, if you think going for a reading is going to fix you or help you or heal you, it's not. It's like giving a tic-tac to someone who's hungry. So I think it helps you to understand that there's something else it helps you to know that they're still around and still connected. But at the end of the day, as great as it can be, it's still, you have to do the work. We have mm-hmm. to be 50% of the equation. And part of the 50% that we have to be is to honor what we're grieving and honor what we're feeling. Um, so I think it's Im- important for people to recognize, yeah, it's great to make connections with or without a medium. It's great to know that there's something else. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. really want to really connect with them, you got to be the 50% and do the work and honor your feelings and your grief.
0: Uh, question from some uh, uh, listener viewer questions for you, John Edward. How soon sure. after someone passes, are you able to connect with them?
1: Um, I can tell you that now I, it, it, I, I've changed my answer. My answer, you know, 20, 25 years ago used to be like, if someone's passed, we should give them at least six to nine months to acclimate being on the other side so that they can learn how to communicate that went out the window when people were coming through moments after they passed. So I now know that people can come through moments after they pass. They can clearly come through with other people as well. Here's the thing. I still feel like we should wait six months before we go for a reading, because if we're not in the right place to hear from other people and not that person, like if we only think I have to hear from that person, you're not ready for a reading because you can't make somebody come through and you can't make them say the things that you want to hear.
0: What about if you, um, Never have dreamt uh, of somebody that has passed away, but you really want to. Well, like, you know, I, I have people that have said to me, oh, yeah, I had a dream from my grandmother. I'm thinking, really? Uh, my mother's never appeared. My late sister's never appeared. My mother's never appeared. How come they're not appearing unless I'm sleeping very soundly? Does that have anything to do with what you do? I don't know. Yeah. Am I do. Am I eating something incorrectly? I don't know.
1: No, I think, I think it, you just might get it differently. Some people come through in dreams. Some people come through by, you know, uh, other symbols and patterns. A lot of patterns get established with people who have passed. So, for example, people might see eleven eleven, or they might see some iteration or combination of a person's birth date or death date or the time mm-hmm. they passed. They'll be recurring patterns. Um, a lot of times they'll use nature. They'll use, like, butterflies and birds and feathers and th- finding change or flickering lights. There'll be things that affect actual, um, electronics, right? So any type of electricity or anything that's got an electronic background, um, this energy will mess with, um, in some way. So it, it might not come through to you in dreams. It might come through in a different way, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. And sometimes it's because you have a good relationship with them. It's a testament to you.
0: Do you ever have, uh, people say to you that something has happened in action and you immediately know who that person is. I've had that happen to me. I'll give you a quick story. Then we'll go back to the question. Is that I've poured a glass of wine and I'll turn around and I'll hit the glass of wine. Where my hand went, I don't know. And it has happened a couple of times. I'm thinking, okay, mom. No, I've, don't worry. I don't have a problem. I'm good. <laughs> I, I I wonder about that. I go, that is so my mother to do that. You know, don't have another drink. That's re- not that I've a drinking problem, but just having a glass of wine. What do you make of something like that?
1: Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd have to see it happen um, okay. and be with you. When it and then I'd need to know what is the date? Like, is it happened on a specific date? Because if you're seeing a pattern, again, it's about the pattern. So if you notice yeah. that, like, you're spilling one death anniversary on your mom's birthday, on another, you know, occasion that she would be connected sure. to it, then she's yeah. establishing that she's around you.
0: During these pandemic moments, we don't even know what day it is, John. You know, one day goes into another, but I'll make uh, I'll make note of it. Uh, I've heard, said uh, says a listener, uh, viewer, I've heard that people who cross over return to their 20s. Is that true? Gosh, I hope not, but is that true?
1: So Sylvia Brown, again, to talk about Sylvia Brown, she had, uh, in one of her books, I want to say, she wrote that everybody's 30 in the afterlife. And I remember thinking like, Really? Like I, I don't I don't see that. However, when people come through to us in a visit or in a dream state, there's a vibrancy that they have, and they do look younger. So it's I think more the energetic portrayal of them coming through at an age that they most liked to see themselves. I'll use my aunt as an example. My aunt was very heavy. Um, she spent quality time on multiple diets trying to figure out how she was gonna like lose weight. And then miraculously, as she got older, she was quite successful with a program that she was doing. What she did not know mm-hmm. is that she had cancer as well, and cancer was assisting her in her weight loss journey. But she, mm-hmm. she wound up looking the way that she wanted to look, dressing the way that she wanted to dress before she got really, really sick. Every time my aunt comes through to me, she's heavy. She's always heavy. And in one, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the visits I had with her, I said to her, I go, how come you appear to me like this? And she said, it's when I was the most happiest.
0: How about that? That that would make total sense. Total sense. Another question for you, John. What happens when you think you see the shadow says somebody, I'm spooked? Or is it real when you see something kind of go by you and you're, oh my gosh, I, I just felt something. How do you feel about that?
1: So I always ask people to come from a 95-5 rule. 95% of the time, I want you to try to logically and analytically explain away what you just experienced so that you don't spook yourself. And then once you get to the position that you can't really explain it, then you give yourself a 5% window to go, huh, who might that have been? What might that have been? Why did that happen? So I always go to the skeptical, logical place first, and I try to like explain it away. And then when I can't, then I come from a place of gratitude.
0: Thanks for visiting, right? Thanks for visiting. Yeah. Do random spirits connect with you without their living connection present? What does that mean? I'm not sure.
1: So there's a lot of uh, TV mediums and one of the thing and online mediums now that um, do these ambush readings where they attack read people in public or parking lots no. or restaurants And, and it, in, in my professional opinion, um, I'm, I'm old school. I, I just think it's never appropriate to enter someone's vibration without their permission. I don't think that it's okay for you to, mm. to attack read somebody. You don't know where they're at on their journey of grief. You could do more damage than good, even if your intentions are 100% positive. Um, you have to, as a medium, open yourself up to allow yourself to receive. Um, I'm pretty pretty clear that if someone's saying that they're just so psychic that they can't turn it off, that is a personal choice. And I feel like you are encountering human ego, not psychic ability, because I live a very normal life. When I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. Like It doesn't stop me from being psychic. It's just I'm not actively reading.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Another question. How long? Oh boy, this is low to one, John. Get ready. How long do you think we'll be in isolation? What are your predictions?
1: I don't know if I can answer that on a psychic level because my background's in healthcare and I have logic and and like real knowledge. That's kind of like the forefront of my brain. Um, I think that we're going to see for the rest of the year, some iteration of social distancing. Um, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, and again, if money and economy and business is put for, put forth first, I think we're going to yeah. have a second wave. Um but I don't know if that's being psychic or just my logic. That's, that's going to, so I don't know if I can answer that on, on an intuitive level, because for me that's, to be intuitive, I like, I like to have a blank slate and I don't have a blank slate.
0: You know, I, I, first of all, you're, you were trained in healthcare uh, you know, system. So it, 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 as you mentioned earlier, so a couple things before we have to say goodbye to you, and we are going to come back to visit you again. You know, that I, you're one of my favorite guests ever. Um, how do we deal? Let's, let's just talk about dealing with our intuition Let's talk about getting more solid with that, get really reading our feelings. What do you want us to do before we leave you today when it comes to that?
1: So we're living at a time where if you journalize, you don't have to actually write it down in a, in a book. You can grab your phone, you can grab your iPad, you can do it on your laptop. Open your notes section and I want you to create a diary or a journal where you are writing down what you're thinking, your random thoughts, when things kind of pop in, specifically if you're meditating, if you're doing something like a meditation and you find yourself kind of like thinking about a person, write that down. We want to establish what our patterns are and how we see stuff. And then when we're dealing like like a Nancy, right? So Nancy didn't get the opportunity to maybe talk to her dad in the way that she would have liked. I would like people, if you don't have the opportunity to connect with a person, or even if you did, write letters to them, be that 50%, create some type of relationship with them from you to them in spirit, um, where we are building a bridge. So if you're 50% of that equation, then they're the other 50. Don't expect them to be 100% of the relationship now that they've passed. So journalizing is important, looking for patterns, meditation, prayer, Psychic self-defense is um, something I'm, I'm, I'm big on. So I think, but learning your patterns, learning how you see stuff, what's your perspective? Where's stuff coming mm-hmm. from?
0: We have time for that now. We get to be at our homes and think about, there's only so many organized uh, organizational things you can do around the house. It's really time to think about what you do, who you are. Sure. There have been changes made for you now. What are you going to do? And I, you know, just as um, friends talking, as, as we always are, Boy, if you didn't like what you were doing before you got into this, now it's the time to think about what you would like to do and maybe get to know yourself a little bit better.
1: I'm a big fan of astrology. And, and when I say I'm a big fan of it, I mean, like I don't make a move personally or professionally without having an astrologer look at my chart to help me understand the timing of things and when things would be better to do it, when things we might want to wait on doing something. So it's definitely a way of learning more about yourself. There's a lot of books you can buy where you can kind of do your own chart and you can kind of read your own chart. Mm-hmm. But I like to go to a professional and, and have them do it.
0: I know a lot of people are trending to that these days. John, where can we follow John Edward? Because that we do need to do. And uh, I love your Evolve series, too. So tell us how we can do that.
1: Thank you. Um, JohnEdward.net. Really simple. John Edward, No S on Edward. JohnEdward.net.
0: You still have to deal with that S thing, don't you?
1: <laughs> Every day, everywhere.
0: That guy. Now
1: my, yeah. <laughs> now my daughter does too. It's like you know, my, my daughter has people say like <laughs> Olivia Edwards. Yeah, because she's on a TV show and they refer to her as Olivia Edwards. And I'm like, no, it's Olivia Edwards. Ah,
0: uh, it's Olivia Edwards. John, so nice to see you. Uh, we are going to touch base in the next couple of months to to regroup and see how things are going, and maybe you can help us navigate. To be a little bit better to ourselves uh, after we uh, kind of tiptoe out of this pandemic and our self-isolation. All the best to you and your family, John. Thank Thanks. you so much. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the
2: iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.